KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW In-Depth. I'm Carol McKenzie. You won't find a greater patriot than May Cryer. May helped this country win World War II by building B-17. She was one of the Rosies. Today, she's fighting for our country once again. But this time, the enemy is the coronavirus. And she's traded in her rivet gun for a sewing machine. And May has some words of wisdom that we all need to hear. I'm 94. I was 94 in March. I have no problem with that. You know, (laughs) know. when you're young, you don't tell your age. When you're older, you brag about it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I have no problem with that. I've been very healthy and very fortunate. In fact, last year, the Pentagon had me down for my 93rd birthday party, and they were going to do it again this year. Of course, our virus hit, and that took care of everything. That's amazing. Well, happy belated birthday to you. Um, so start out, but can you tell me, what's life been like for you during this pandemic? Have you been getting out at all? Well, just since the, uh, since the, uh, Governor Wolf made turn green, I have been, uh, you know, I go out to a grocery shop now. The, a giant always delivered my groceries through all of this. And uh, I've been to the post office a few times. Now, yesterday I went out. I went to a couple of stores, but I'm very careful. Yeah. I try, you know, to stay away from people, and I always wear my mask. But it's a very difficult thing because just because we, you know, they say we're fairly safe, that doesn't mean that it's not still around. And yeah. so, especially at my age, we have to be more careful. But I notice the younger are getting it too now. So tell me, um, you've been making masks. Can you tell me about that? Why did you decide to start doing that? Oh, because I've always made the rosy bandana. As you're familiar with the polka dot bandana, it's not rosy river wears. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, I've always made those. When we go to Washington and different places, I don't know why, but people just love for me to hand them out. A lot of times, most times, they want me to sign them. And so I've made, oh, I can't even tell you how many rosy river bandanas I've made over the years. Well, as soon as this uh, virus started, well, I switched from the bandanas. I still have a lot of them ahead now, but I switched into making rosy masks. And uh, I, somebody, I started with family, neighbors, and friends, and somebody put it on Facebook, and it just seemed to snowball after that. So I'm just getting requests from everywhere. And I like it, but, uh, you know, i got to be careful so I don't overdo it. <laughs> it, it tends to get that way. <laughs> well, how many have you made so far? Over 200. When I first sent them out, I uh, didn't pay too much attention, and I realized that I was forgetting who I sent them to and who I didn't. So then I started marking down everyone I'd send. I usually send, I get the post office, it gives me a, you know idea what I can send. I can put two in an envelope for 70 cent stamp. And so that's where I pretty much stay, unless somebody wants to, you know, more. Like I've sent uh, groups of things to uh, down to the Pentagon because they pass them out to the different people. And my friend Debbie Wilson in the uh, Valley Forge, she's got them everywhere, you know, with the different people and the representatives. In fact, it was cute because Melissa uh, Schusterman, the, uh, the Phoenixville representative, she wore it on the floor of the Capitol one day. That really tickled me. I like that. It's rewarding to see where they're going and what people and people use. It's funny, just a little polka dot, a piece of polka dot material can have so much meaning. So tell me, what's your day like? How many hours do you spend by the sewing machine making these masks? Oh, I have no clue. I couldn't (laughs) tell you. Uh, I, I... 
<laughs> I laughed because I said the only exercise I'm getting now is running to the refrigerator. <laughs> but that's showing on all of us, I think, with being shut in. You know, we don't, it's our own fault because we can go out and walk if we want to. But no, I just, um, this morning, in fact, I sat down this morning and I was looking over. To, I had uh, two, close to 200 just on two pages. But uh, I know it's well over 200, but I, I don't know. I don't have an exact count. So are people, are you, are people buying these masks or, you know? Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. I'm making them just to keep our rosy legacy alive. And uh, um, they've been sending me material when they found out that, of course, it was nice because um, I've been involved with the military quite a bit. And they uh, give me money, uh, well, gift card for material to start with. And then when I, it was great. And then when I started running out of elastic, you can't imagine. One lady in Delaware sent me thread, elastic, material. One lady from Washington sent me, she even sent me money, but I'm, I'm not, I don't want money. And uh, I said, if, if, in Texas, but not Texas. Yes, Texas, too. And, of course, down in Tampa, Florida, I'm getting a great response from that. I'm doing a lot with the military, which I, I really love. But, no, it's just, just very rewarding. I can't even tell you how many hours I spend because I'm enjoying it. You know, when you enjoy something, you don't consider it work. And I, as I'm doing it, I'm thinking of all these different people. I've run across so many wonderful people through this Rosie program. It's amazing. So you're you're spending your own time, but you're also spending your own money making these masks. Well, not not I, at first I was, but uh, I'm, but the only money I'm putting out now is for postage. Most everything else, people are either sending me the material, or, and it's funny because the stores are running out of material. I notice they can't even get the material for the covers for the healthcare workers. That's hard to get now. So imagine all the factories are shutting down. I really don't know, you know, about it, but and now it's just—it's really been amazing because I had material ahead when this pandemic started, which was good because I was making the rosy bandanas, so that's got me started. That was not a good start for me, and of course now I make novel ones too, and people are starting to ask me why I make them for their children, and this is nice because, um, uh, you know, it's if the kids go back to school, I'm sure that they're—I hope they don't. But if they do, well, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, requests for face masks. I don't know how they're going to handle that, but I know a lot of my friends say they're going to send their either homeschool or send them to a charter school, but that's not always the answer either. Can you describe some of your masks? What what kind of material are you using? What do they look like? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and they're polka dot, red polka dot. Uh, most of them, but I've done like today. Yesterday, a lady came and she liked the. There was a black cat with her orange eye. She liked that best. I do pheasants for men, but I like. I tried to stay pretty much military or uh, polka dot. It started just with the rosy bandanas, but we're not all rosies, and people aren't all. You know, there are other things that they like. So it, you know, I do a variety of things. In fact, I've got a, a envelope. I'm just getting ready to send out this morning to a lady in Valley Forge. Uh, she has so many. She works in the Grove out there, and she has so many people that come and work with her, and, and she passes them out, and, and I get the nicest responses from them. And that's my reward, getting the responses. When they put a face mask on and send me a picture on Facebook, I just love it. It's, it's kind of an ego trip, you know? <laughs> well, you, you deserve it. Um, what's the response been like? What have people been saying? 
Oh, just how, how they say that May you helped save the war. See, I was a, I built airplanes during World War II. I worked in Seattle at Boeing. I built B-17s and B-29s. And they said you helped us save the World War II. Now you're helping us save the, the virus, the pandemic. And just nice things like that. I'm just getting the nicest responses. Well, you know, that's rewarding. It's just nice. You know, if you can do something nice for people, it makes you feel better than it does the people that you do it for. At least it's good. Well, I think, you know, May, it's just, it's not just the masks. It's that it's what you're doing and in the spirit in which you're doing it that I think is really important right now in the middle of this pandemic and the civil unrest. It's like you're just, you're a beacon. Oh, that's it. That's what they're telling me. And, you know, I just put flags out on the lawn flags this morning. One came from one of our um, president of our American Rosie's Rifter gave me this uh, Rosie's flag in, when I was in New Orleans. And I never put it out. And yesterday, day, yeah, day before yesterday, I got the prettiest rosy flag from a, a New York policewoman who I met when I walked in the Veterans Day parade in New York. And we just become really good friends. And she kept me posted through this riot and all. She had a pretty rough time in the city. And she sent me a flag with a rosy on it. So yesterday, I just went and bought the hangers and put them out in my yard. I think they probably think I'm cracking up. But I thought, you know, what good are the only these nice things if you don't display them or put them out? I, but they're pretty. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think, May, that people who know you and people who met you know exactly what you're doing and appreciate what you're doing. Well, I, I think that's true. I mean, you know, we've uh, the American women, we're, I'm so proud of what our American women have done. You know, we opened a lot of doors. You know, up until 1941, it was a man's world, and a woman didn't have a leg to stand on, but they found out what we're just as capable as they are, and I'm telling you, I think it really opened doors for women. One of the quotes, or one of the things I remember so well is I was invited to a celebration at the Hotel New Yorker to celebrate the end of World War II. That was a couple of years ago now, and a lady came up to me after, I, I only said a few words, and she came up to me afterwards, she said, had it not been for you women, I wouldn't be a doctor today. And, you know, that just, um, it melts you, and it stays with you. Mm-hmm. We think if we did anything, this millions of us women, I'm just only one little one, and I think it's about 16 million. But uh, if we open doors, and, you know, another thing we've done, I think it's so great, as you know, the men got paid a lot more than we did. And we've opened the door for that. If we're just as capable as a man and good to, can do the job as well, we should get the same pay. I can't see why it would be any different. And I've worked hard for that. I think that's important. And now I don't know what you know about me, but I've been very instrumental in getting our first National Rosie's Riveter Day. And now I'm working on the Congressional Gold Medal. And we've, we've pretty well got it nailed down, but we can't get the Senate with all that's going on in Washington today. I guess there's just so much fighting. I was down there when the Senate, the House voted on it, and we had 293 votes, and they, they voted unanimously. And I was just so thrilled over that. But the Senate now, we've only got 29 co-sponsors, and we need at least 60. And I just don't understand why the Senate drags their feet. I, you know, I... Mm-hmm. I'm doing the same for both the House and the Senate. I, I, I don't understand why we're having so much trouble with the Senate. It's just kind of stuck in the Senate? Right. It's, it, it, 
I, I really don't know exactly how they work. Somebody said once the house passed, it'll eventually, eventually get it, but that wasn't my understanding. You know, you hear so many under, uh, stories, and I'm not educated in how just how the House and Senate works. And uh, so, you know, it's a little more difficult for me to understand it. But I just keep doing what I have to do, and it seems like every time we go and meet a senator or congressman, they sign on right away. Before we went to Normandy, I was invited to Normandy as one of the, there was five us Rosies, four shipyard workers from California and me, a riveter, and we were invited to Normandy, and they treated us, oh, they really honored us over there. And we sat with Nancy Pelosi. And before we went, I went to visit Jackie Spears down in Washington. I've met Jackie a few times over the years through our first oh, Rosie's Riveter Day. And we had 25 uh, co-sponsors at the time. And she says, don't worry, May, by the time we get back from Normandy, we'll have at least 25 more. We ended up, that would have been 50, we ended up getting 293. Mm-hmm. So evidently, we, you know, Rosie's must have impressed them to a degree. So I wish we could do the same with the Senate. What do you think about the people who are refusing to wear masks right now? Do you have a message for them? Well, we've got to follow the rules and regulations. These doctors that tell them this what's happening, they know what they're talking about, and they're giving us good advice. If we don't follow it, we're to blame for so much of what's still going on. I think it's just terrible. I was listening to a pathologist last night, and she said, this virus is so unusual it it just attacks different parts of the body that they don't even know, you know, wouldn't even imagine, like lymph nodes. And she said, even the brain, what we could do, detect different things in the brain, she said, it doesn't stay the same. I thought that was amazing. So uh, this is going to go on for a while, and the people have got to wise up. Why do they re- resist wearing a mask? I said, we had to wear bandanas during the war. We had to carry heavy rivet guns. We didn't protest. We wanted to save our country. Now, I think we're back to that again. Do they want to save their country or just want to act idiotic? I mean, I think it's a sad thing. If they one of, one of those got the, you know, got the virus, they would want the best health care they could get. Yet they're not thinking of all these doctors and nurses who are working so hard day and night to save all those lives. I don't understand that. Of course, you know, I came from, I was born in the 1920s, and I've seen 16 presidents and, of course, Roosevelt was into his third term during World War II. So I said, I've seen many different things, but nothing like this. I just can't understand why our people don't pull together. I know I was thinking about, you know, when I t- spoke to you back um, on D-Day, and, and I spoke to you about what the patriotism, you know, what why you did what you did back then. And then right. I think about what's going on right now and the... The um, the difference is so is so stark. It, you know why? Because they're spoiled. Our, our spoiled generation. One man wrote, "They're narcissistic," and I think that's true. It's all me, me, me. They're they're not thinking of the other people when they're running around like that. They're only thinking of themselves, and they're defiant. I I just don't understand that at all. You know, when World War Two broke out, of course it was a different time. We we're just coming out of the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl. And we just stepped in and did whatever our country needed. And I don't remember ever anybody not wanting to do it and not doing their best because this is what our country needed. The men were in the, say, in the trenches, and we were there to supply them with the material they needed to win the war. And when I went to Normandy, I was just unbelievably impressed 
with what our men did and what happened over there. And, you know, I got a nice picture of me where they took me out to throw rows in the water. And all I could think of when we went to Long Beach, and when we walked past, back across that beach, I don't think there was a dry eye among us. You know, if you know your history, you know what the men did there. And, uh, I mean, that's only one of the many battlefields. Mm. So I'm, I it isn't anything. I, I think when he called us the greatest generation, or Tom Brokoff called us the greatest generation, what's he going to call this generation, I wonder? I, I just, it, just make, it just amazes me. I think of all the, I call these nurses our new Rosies of the 2020. I think they're, they're, these doctors and nurses are absolutely amazing. Any health care workers. And uh, you know what, when I go to a grocery store, I tell the girl that's waiting on me, when this is all over, I'm going to come back and give you the biggest hug because you're, you're helping saving me, leaving me, you know, supplying my materials, my groceries, so I don't have to go out. You know, I think that's amazing. Same way with our mailmen. Everybody that has spent so well, that has to put their life on the line, they're doing that for us. And it's, it's amazing that people don't uh, respect that. I think that's we, what, what's wrong. We've lost respect. How does that, I mean, considering how much you sacrificed, uh, you know, Well, we didn't think of it as a sacrifice. It, it wasn't my job or your job. It was our job, and we were there to save our country. And, you know, we honored our flag. We honored our parents. We honored our country. We didn't think once of, of um, you know, showing disrespect for any of that. But, of course, now everybody's fighting for their rights, it seems like. Um, I, I don't understand what's going on, but uh, I mean, I, I I understand what's going on, but I don't like a lot of it. But like they said, well, you're old, you don't understand. That's not the case at all. I don't think. Doesn't doesn't age give you perspective, <laughs> like perspective <laughs> that that younger people don't have? Well, I don't think they. It doesn't matter. Everybody wants their own opinion, you know. And well, we all do that, but uh, uh, you know, everybody looks. We, it's just like I always compared to being on jury duty. Uh, we saw a good one, a good one with a malpractice suit, and it lasted several days. And I, it was firm. I knew exactly how I felt when we went in to deliberate. But everybody that went in there had their own sense of what they thought was right. And after we talked, I spoke right away and told them how I felt. Well, they didn't all feel the same way, and so we battered it back and forth until we, you know, really realized. Each of us has our own opinion, and we can take a little bit from each other. And this is how you come to a good you know, decision. And that's the way I considered sort of like jury duty. I don't know if that makes sense, but... It makes sense. I think there's, you know, there's debate. You know. you know, you have to listen to others, that, especially smart people. If there's somebody that just wants to throw their weight around, then, you, you know, you can just work around them. But uh, no, most of the people, like I said, they're all smart people and, and wise, and uh, and we all, I, I respect them. I've, I've often thought how glad I was to be able to do that or be, see that part of our country. A lot of people have never been on jury duty where they have to really make a, dis, a decision that affects somebody's life. And I find that very interesting. So, May, I, I, I hesitate to ask you this because I know you've been inundated with requests. Are you still taking requests for masks? And if, if you are, how can people get one? 
Oh, yeah, I still do, but I'm afraid to put it out there too much because, <laughs> you know, I'm able to handle it right now, but I wouldn't want it to, even if it got to be a burden, I wouldn't want that. And I don't want, but I'm very happy to somebody who would really want one. You know, I'm very happy to uh, uh, send it to them. So but, should it, um, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Uh, no, that's that's all. I just don't want it to, to get out too far out of line, you know, and it could. I mean, if I start getting requests from everywhere, I couldn't handle it. Uh, you know, so I don't want it to be a burden. I want it to be a joy. I mean, I'm doing this to re- just to uh, remind people what the women, American women did. And, and, you know, to re- keep our legacy alive, that's what I want to do. You know, we did so much stuff for the women. And I said, I know so many of the military. One of the military women that I like so well, she's invited me to several things in Washington. She's become the executive director of the new space program. And she's just wonderful with me. She sends me stuff. She writes to me all the time. She always invites me to Washington. And I said, you know, this is what is so amazing about it, that when I started this, I just started writing letters back in the 1980s because I felt that women didn't get their fair recognition when the war was over. And I kept it up in the 1990s. I got even more determined. And I didn't really, it didn't catch on until one of our newspapers picked up on it in the 2000, I forget what year. And boy, it just snowballed since then. And I'm just so appreciative of what they've, you know, made, brought it forward for us. And you know, as time's going on, there's less and less of us, especially those who can go out and promote, you know. Uh, every, Every day we lose more Rosies than World War II veterans. Yeah. So we'll keep it secret for now so you don't get inundated with requests for masks because we know well, you, you know, would. If anybody, if, yeah, if you know anybody or, you know, something like that word of mouth, but not to, not to put it out as a public thing because I couldn't handle that. And for another thing, it's harder and harder to get the material because, of, you know, they go, um, they're not manufacturing, I guess. So I know the one lady sent me some that was nice, real nice, but she said they would only allow her to have a yard. So I guess that that's what it's coming to. So, Well, May, thank you. Thank you, one, for talking with me. And thank you for your service to this country back then and today. Stay safe, be well, and uh, thank you again for all that you do. Well, thank you for calling. I mean, because it's people like you who promote our Rosie legacy. And I want it to stay. Like I said, we're walking history right now. And a, a short while, we'll just be a page in the history book. We'll all be gone if they still teach his history. <laughs> Who knows what they're going to teach from now on? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think anybody's going to forget you. That is for sure, uh, May. <laughs> I don't know, You're but uh, you know, I, I, I honor our women and our, our our service. When I come away from the military groups, I go. You know, we're scared of what's going on now. But when I'm with, with the military, the Air Force, or the Navy. I come away just so proud. I said, they make you feel so secure. They're such a wonderful group of people. You're young and old. And I said, you know, you come home feeling good. That's nice. That is nice that you deserve that. Oh, yeah. And I have fun with it. I like people, you know. And I think they like you in return because you're just a warm, giving person with with awesome (laughs) stories to tell. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for calling me. I hope it turns out all right for you. It will. Thank you for talking with me, May. Really appreciate it. And thank you. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Carol McKenzie. 
and we'll have another episode out soon. 